everyone. Welcome to the Imperfection Wins Podcast, a podcast that is focused on spreading a message of encouragement, grace, and authenticity with a focus on life, leadership, and service to others. I'm not entirely sure at what point I stopped repeating my bio, so today I'm going to try something a little different because I do think it's getting pretty redundant. So if you want to know more about me and you are new to this podcast, go back and listen to the opening of any of the last three podcasts or connect with me on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, and you'll be able to hear a little bit more about me, my focus, and what I do professionally, and even a little bit about me personally. I have also gotten some requests from some of you around resources for some of the activities that I've gone over in the last couple of, of podcasts, and I started thinking about it, and I think it would be a great idea for me to actually have a website. So I want you all to know I'm working on a website right now. It'll include information on my coaching and consulting services, as well as this podcast and some of the resources that I reference in the podcast and activities, and also have all of my contact information. I'll let you know. I'm, I'm still a little bit of a ways off on getting that out, but I'll let you all know as soon as it's ready. And as you probably know by now, if you've been listening, I'm not the most tech savvy person. So the idea of having a website is pretty exciting for me. It's a pretty big moment. I'm excited. So this week, we are going to wrap up our series on saying yes in your life with talking about how to put your yes into action. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the prior podcasts, I would really encourage you to go back and do that as the topics do build on each other somewhat. Although I do think you can take each podcast on its own and get something from it. But before we dive in, I wanted to give you a few updates from last week. First up, an update on Gary. You all remember the story about Gary and the beautiful, imperfectly perfect hearts he has created for me. My dad was actually able to play this podcast for Gary, the one from last week, and he actually has played Gary the past four podcasts. So it was really cool to hear about Gary's reaction. He was actually completely overwhelmed and touched by the story and affirmation. As you know from last week's story, it hasn't been often in his life that he's been affirmed by anyone, let alone perfect strangers. I've had several requests for hearts, which has also been overwhelming for him. And I have to say one of the most fun texts I've ever gotten to send is the one I sent last week to order more hearts. What I didn't realize is that it actually takes Gary 45 minutes to make each heart. He is actually making 20 more for me right now for me to give out. And when you get your heart from me, just know that it was made with complete intention, love and care, and I hope you all cherish it as much as I do. Don't forget to message me if you'd like one. I'd love to keep them coming, and I think Gary's getting a lot of fulfillment from making them. A couple of funny listener updates. I had a friend call me laughing last week to tell me that she was listening to my third podcast and finally realized that I was calling myself a podcast novice in my intro. She thought in the first two, she had heard me call myself a podcast goddess. So just to clarify for anyone that had that same experience, I'm a novice, a rookie, a newbie, not a goddess in anything. 
And I had another listener who is one of my dearest, but also one of my most efficient friends, tell me that she listens to the podcast on one and a half speed and loves it. But she also said that it was a good thing I didn't actually talk like that or we might not be able to be friends. So my husband and I had to try it. And I have to say, it's pretty crazy. I sound like a chipmunk on drugs, but if you're short on time, it's always an option. And one other development in my awkward social media journey that you've all been following is that my 17 year old daughter schooled me on Instagram. Apparently I am not supposed to post just pictures of objects or inspiring quotes too much. And if I post selfies, I need to have other people in them sometimes so that people don't think my podcast is my whole life, which it's not. And lastly, I'm not supposed to use filters or people won't think I'm real. Really? I'm over 40. Can I just please use a filter sometimes? Anyway, after being sort of flustered about what to post, I posted a picture of my favorite dog, Jim. And I don't know if that's cool or not. It got a few likes, but I don't know. Oh, well, I'm learning. And just to be clear, yes, as I said before, I have three dogs and yes, Jim is my favorite. I know that may seem negative, but my other two do not fit into the category of being imperfectly perfect right now. They are just imperfect and naughty. Actually, if you all want a good laugh, I'll post a video on social media this week of their latest antics so you can actually see the reality I'm living with my dogs right now. I want to believe everyone has redemptive qualities, but does that go for dogs too? I'm just not sure at this moment. Okay, down to business. So we are moving on to our final point in our saying yes series, taking the next step and putting your yes into action. We've spent time talking about and doing a lot of reflection over the past couple of weeks. So now how do you take action in your life? The action can be the scary hard part of all of this. Once you're clear on what you want, we can really get in our own way if we start to look out too far ahead and creating an exact plan. The exact plan then turns into expectations around how something will happen or unfold in our lives. And honestly, how many people listening here have had their lives unfold exactly the way they planned? I certainly haven't. In fact, some of the best things that have happened to me, most of the best things that have happened to me have been unplanned. Things I didn't even see coming. Like this podcast, for example, I was never planning on doing this. I was definitely never planning on having such an amazing response. And I certainly wasn't planning on having this much fun. One thing I coach on often is taking one step at a time and hanging on to your plans loosely with open hands. Have you ever heard the saying, don't see bars, see stars? Sometimes we can hang on to a plan so tightly that it ends up holding us captive, sort of like jail bars that we're just gripping in frustration, looking through. When if we really just took the time to look up and saw the stars, or in other words, all the possibilities available to us, we would be moving forward and definitely experiencing less frustration. Now, I do think we can all agree that I'm not saying not to have a plan. Having a plan is good, 
but hanging on too tightly to your plan can become a huge distraction. When you hang on too tightly to something, you are truly setting yourself up for disappointment, probably limiting your growth and maybe even missing some opportunities. Remember in the first podcast, I said that sometimes we only have enough lighter clarity to take the next step in front of us. We might not know what the next five steps hold, but if we can take that one step and then keep moving forward, sooner or later, those steps will form into a path and add up to significant progress. So think of your plans as real plans, but sort of written in pencil. Sometimes they need to be altered, maybe erased or rewritten due to life circumstances. I love the quote, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. Now that was said by Steve Jobs. Some of you may know that. I will say you may feel mixed about him as a compassionate leader but I think we can all agree he was incredibly gifted and that he definitely has some pretty profound quotes and ideas. Okay, so let's talk about having a plan. Like I said a minute ago, having a plan is good and actually necessary most of the time, right? We need a plan that keeps us moving forward and accountable. And in order to have a plan, we also need to have some goals. When I'm thinking about goals, I always sort of struggle to set my goals for the year. I I tend to set really big goals and maybe a lot of lofty goals, and then I end up feeling overwhelmed, and then I fall off the wagon from accomplishing those goals pretty quickly. So I've tried to really reframe the way I think about goals. And as I think about them for 2019, I really like the definition that John Norcross, who is a professor and clinical psychologist, uses to define goals. He says, goals are a mental representation of a desired outcome that a person is committed to. So really, setting goals is about deciding that you want something and that you are committed to taking action in order to achieve it. It's more than something you hope for. Like, I hope I can keep doing this podcast, which is actually what I hope, but also there's no action in that goal. And just hoping is not going to make it happen. Another way for me to say it would be, I am going to keep doing this podcast weekly for six months. Now in that goal, I'm stating the goal I'm making a commitment and the action is continuing to do the podcast. So if continuing to do this podcast is my goal, I need to set some very specific actions around it, like carving out time of time in my schedule to intentionally write my content, record weekly, invest in some tools to help me more effectively record and market myself not be shy about asking for feedback and others' involvement, and posting on social media. Ugh. Now, if I peel one of those actions down a layer, it might look like this. I will block four one-hour time slots on my calendar per week that are meant to be used for writing and recording. Or 
I will block 30 minutes in my day every day to specifically address my social media. Thank you for this sound advice, by the way, Coach Jenny. Having specific actions written down around my goals are helpful for accountability, but also to help me set some boundaries. For example, I have completely noticed how easy it is to get sucked in to the whole social media world now that I'm more active on it. So blocking the time is a great way for me to prevent this from happening. So think back to our discussion last week on identifying what you want. What do you want your life to look like? What do you want to accomplish? Are there habits that you want to change or relationships that you want to improve? or certain skills that you want to learn or improve? Write some goals around these things. Make them specific. Make them realistic, which is the really one of the biggest things that get, gets in our way. And lastly, make them about you. One preference of mine is I always think it's helpful to word those goals and actions positively so that when you read and reflect on them, you're actually building yourself up and building your strength and not beating yourself up. So instead of being really focused on what you'll stop doing, focus more on what you'll start doing. It's also important to decide how you'll measure your progress and your timeline to accomplish each goal. And lastly, and maybe most importantly, who can you turn to for support? So that brings me to the important topic of mentors. So I wanna talk about mentors because I believe they're really helpful when it comes to taking action, growing, and accountability in our lives. We all need solid mentors, and I've been fortunate enough in my life to have a few amazing mentors. Now they're all very different and bring a unique perspective to my life. They range in age, they range in life experience, and they range in career experience. One interesting thing I heard the other day from another executive coach is this idea that as, as a population, we are over-mentored and under-sponsored. Once she said that, and I reflected on it, I realized how true it is for most of us. So what's the difference between a mentor and a sponsor? They're both great. And if we're lucky, we will get to have both of them in our lives. A mentor, by definition, is usually someone who offers guidance, encouragement, and support. A sponsor is someone who also offers all of those things, but they're also willing to take action for you. They are willing to make that phone call, send that email, write that recommendation letter. They help you open doors and advocate for you. This is why I think we all need both mentors and sponsors in our lives. We all need people who believe in us and give us courage and guidance, but we also all need people who will take action for us. So how do you identify mentors and sponsors? A good mentor or sponsor typically has these qualities. They have an expertise, they're approachable, they have availability, they're good listeners, and they have compassion and authenticity. So I wanna encourage you to spend some time thinking about the people in your life. Maybe they're close to you already. 
Maybe they already play a mentor or sponsor role in your life. Or maybe there's someone you aspire to be like or want to get to know better. As you consider the people in your life, consider people in your personal space and your professional space. Think really broadly. Your mentors should be diverse and different than you so that they can bring you a different perspective and push you to grow. As I said, my mentors are very different than me. I realized as I prepared for this podcast that I actually have mentors that span the ages. There's my Aunt Cynthia, who's 85 and speaks into my life in profound spiritual ways. My friend Georgia, who just turned 70, who coaches me and sponsors me in my career. My neighbor Beth in her 60s, who teaches me resilience, strength, and how to be a calm but firm mom. My last manager, Laura, that you've all heard so much about. My neighbor, Kat, who graciously invites me into her kitchen a few times weekly to have a good chat, good wine, and teaches me about loving others through cooking and food. Actually, I mostly used to just sit and drink wine and watch her cook for about the last six years. But now I actually have started taking my dinner prep over and we slice and sip and chat together. I even have mentors that are younger than me. My friend and first direct report, Lauren, who helped me learn how to be an empowering manager and has taught me about what it really means to be truly inclusive of others. And my daughter, Allie, who at 17 is at times more gentle, more loving, and more rational than I am. Embarrassing to admit, but true. My point is we can learn from others no matter their role, their age, their status. So who in your life teaches you? Who believes in you? Now who will push you to be better and not judge you when you mess up? Those are your mentors. Now, who will do all of those things and also advocate for you? Those are your mentors and your sponsors. So take a few minutes and write down those names this week and make it a point to grow those relationships. I would encourage each of you to find at least one mentor and sponsor to grow a relationship with. Make a commitment to yourself to reach out to some of the individuals on this list by a certain date. Take them to coffee and just ask them if you can learn from them. These relationships are so life-giving, but in order for them to be life-giving, they do take intentional time, like all relationships. And taking advantage of a sponsor specifically will require you asking for help. So don't be shy. Just put yourself out there. I promise you'll be pleasantly surprised to learn that there are mentors and sponsors already in your life who want to help you. I also want to point out that if you have the qualities that I listed for mentors and sponsors and are not currently mentoring someone, look for someone to mentor. It's an awesome way to give back. Don't forget, mentoring isn't just a work thing. It's a life thing. Maybe, maybe it's mentoring a student, another mom, a young person new to career. I really believe that we are all wired for relationships and connection and not meant to walk alone. So how can you connect with others? Maybe you start a book club or a special interest group at work, or maybe you just reach out to others for coffee or a walk. 
How can you show up for others? Find someone to connect with and share your goals and dreams so that they can be a vessel of encouragement and grace in your life and you can do the same for them. Our last activity in this series is this. Commit to one thing you will do to move forward, personally or professionally. Write it down and set a date to it. Don't forget to share it with someone. There is something magical about saying it out loud. Think about the fact that wherever you put your energy, attention, and intention, you'll grow. Okay, so we have covered why saying yes is important in your life, how to know and claim your unique value with courage, and how to take some forward steps and put that yes into action. Now, one piece of advice as you enter into this creative reflection process, be careful that you don't start to get trapped into thinking that you can't start until all of the obstacles are removed. You will find that you don't need everything you think you need. Just start. Take that one step and begin building. This podcast journey is a perfect example of this. When I first started, I just decided to do it and jumped into action. And as you probably noticed, I was and still am very inexperienced in this space. I'm learning as I go. And sometimes I can start doubting myself. I start getting in my head about not having good opening music, which I know I don't, but I haven't figured out how to get something cooler yet. Or my microphone, or my cover photo, or the fact that I don't have a website, or a blog, or very many Instagram followers. But then I remember why I started. I have something to say that I feel will help encourage others. So when I start doubting myself, I read back through all of the messages that I have received from people that this podcast has touched. And I remind myself that even encouraging one person is enough. And apparently I have hit a nerve because as of today, I have over 550 listens to my podcasts, which by a lot of standards is Nothing. But for me, it feels monumental. So I didn't really need an awesome sound system or a big social media following or any of those things I thought I needed. What I really needed to do was sit down and write and reflect in the quiet. And when I finally did that, it started to flow. I really didn't need anything to start telling my story and my learnings except for my reflections, my brain, my heart, and some peace and quiet. Remember, we are not waiting for perfection. We are holding on to the idea that there is no such thing. There is no map that provides the perfect path to success. It's a windy road with ups and downs and forwards and back. But give yourself the gift of reflection and then take action with courage. You'll start gaining momentum, I promise. So just a quick quote for reflection this week. Live life as if everything is rigged in your favor. That's from Ariana Huffington in the book Thrive. So think about that this week. 
What would you do differently in your life if you really lived like everything was rigged in your favor? Thank you so much for listening today and letting me share my heart and experience with you. I also have one small favor to ask. If you're enjoying this podcast, will you share it with a few people that you think would also enjoy it? As you all know, I'm trying to be better about asking for what I want and asking for help. So I'm asking, will you help me grow this podcast? I would be so grateful. So join me next time when we talk about the leadership and life principle of seeing people clearly. Not sure what that means and how it applies to all of us or our lives or work? Tune in and I'll tell you what a profound impact practicing this skill has had on me and the leaders I work with. Until then, have courage, be kind, and give yourself and others grace.